son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 30th, 2011. And we're on the day before Halloween here, so I've done a dedicated teaching on Halloween in times past, and I will provide the link for that. But we're going to um, focus on a few things that relate to Halloween um, early on in the study. I'll just kind of give you a rundown of the table of contents for today. Uh, we're probably looking, well, I, it's about a 17-page PDF, so looking at probably anywhere from two to four parts. It kind of depends how quick um, I can get through this. Uh, first article is call for worldwide global increase in number of Wicca witchcraft teachers to meet accelerated demand for witchcraft, spell teaching, and learning. I'm not making these headlines up here. Then we're going to talk about black magic uh, being very widespread in the Middle East. And we're going to be looking at what real, real witches practice during Halloween and beyond and the other uh, holidays slash holy days for them and how that's integrated into our own uh, calendar system. Uh, and most Christians and, and obviously secular people have no clue that the vast majority of holidays that people are celebrating are literally come straight out of paganism. They were paganistic. They were originally developed um, from the pagan calendar, from the occult calendar. And through, primarily through the Catholic Church, a lot of them have been Christianized. And uh, we're going to be looking at that, just kind of a broad look at that. Then we're looking at how the Department of Homeland Security announces Halloween checkpoints in Tennessee to keep children safe. And 18 examples of how Christians are being specifically targeted by Big Brother. Electronic skin implants... Um, we're going to be looking at that. The implantable RFID chips capable of actually remotely killing non-compliant slaves are actually here now. And the White House death panel, which is now fully operational, a secret panel that can put Americans on kill lists now. And the last article is entitled Trapped in America, Fascio-Communist Police State. And we're also going to be interspersing a lot of Bible verses regarding this, as we always try to do. I'm not going to have the uh, Bible study at the beginning today, it's going to be more interspersed throughout the teachings uh, regarding the various topics we're looking at today. So, the first topic, calling for worldwide global increase in the number of witchcraft teachers. This is from a man named Ed Hubbard, from, that he runs a, a uh, school called Witch School, and that's literally a witch, and Katrina Kessler of the Young Witches of Salem. Uh, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, the whole thing with the, um, you can go back to, you know, the uh, witch hunts of Salem. Well, that actual area of the country to this day is a magnet and almost a mecca for witches. So, this is actually out of Salem, Massachusetts. This comes to us uh, October 15, 2011. And this is from them now. This is what they're saying. This is an announcement from this witch school. And um, it starts out by saying, Have you ever considered learning Wicca in the art of witchcraft? Well, stand in line, because there is a global shortage of teachers, and the demand continues to grow. According to witch school, within the next decade, it is very likely that Wicca will be one of the largest religions in America, and there are simply not enough teachers to handle the, that demand. 
Wicca is America's is America's fastest growing religion. Wicca. Now, Wicca, the word Wicca means twisted or bent, technically. And it's considered white witchcraft. You know, it's really an, an entry level uh, or an entry point for people getting into witchcraft, wanting to do it for personal gain, uh, practice good white witchcraft, which always ends up leading to more the gray and then the black witchcraft if you want to attain higher and higher powers. But the Wiccans are the ones that would call themselves good witches. They practice good magic. It's all lies and garbage from the pit of hell. All witchcraft is evil, pure and simple. There is no good witchcraft. There is no uh, using good witchcraft to counter bad witchcraft and then producing a good result. You know, it's, it's just lies. It's all forbidden in the word of God. In the Old Testament, it was punishable by death. The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And the Bible also says, the Old Testament says, that thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. They, it was an immediate death sentence if they were caught. Uh, but today, it's actually the fastest growing religion in America. And it's anticipated by some Christian religious experts that it will become the third largest religion in the United States in the 21st century, behind only Christianity and Islam. In the United States alone, there are now more than 200,000 registered witches and as many as 8 million unregistered practitioners of the craft. Well, I guess they would know. I mean, it's kind of like straight from the horse's mouth here. So 200,000 registered witches and 8 million unregistered practitioners of the craft. And those numbers are probably conservative because I think it would be a very hard thing to get truly an accurate headcount. Here's why I say that. People that are involved in high-level witchcraft are not going to be the ones driving around with, like, the bumper stickers that say, Blessed Be. If you ever see those, that's a witch. Okay, That's how witches end ceremonies many times. They'll say, Blessed Be. It's not, it's not like blessings, you know, like a Christian thing. It's a witchcraft thing. I saw one the other day, I was behind, she said, it was a bumper sticker that said something to the effect of, Yeah, I'm a witch, get over it. <laughs> with a pentagram. On there Now, how you can tell somebody who's supposedly practicing white and black witchcraft, the white witchcraft practitioners will typically be wearing pentacles or pentagrams with the, um, the fifth point facing up. They practice good witchcraft. Now, the difference between a pentagram and a pentacle is a pentagram is a star that's within a literal circle. Okay, that's a pentagram. That's what they'll a lot of times cast on ground, on the ground, in order to do witchcraft ceremonies. They also craft, they also cast hexagrams, which is probably, if not the most wicked symbol in witchcraft, right at the very, very top, which is what people think is a Christian symbol, because the Israelis have adopted it in their flag. And if you think that's true, just key in hexagram at contendingfortruth.com, where I've done a whole study exposing that as one of the wickedest symbols, and it is mentioned in the Bible. As well, and I give you all the documentation and vi a lot of visuals in that PDF, so you can sort that issue out. It is a wicked symbol, okay? So, but the witches will be wearing the white witches will be wearing a five-pointed star, uh, fifth point facing up, and um, 
either in a circle, which is a pentagram, or just by itself, which is a pentacle. Anyway, just to give you a little... Anyway, you'll, you'll, if, you, if you see people that are just flat out, okay, I'm a witch, or you see the bumper stickers and things of this nature, those are, not, those are the ones that might be registered. But there's a whole other sect, and these are the ones you really would want to be concerned with. These are the ones that are the lawyers, the doctors, the people involved in law enforcement, the, the people that are virtually in all levels of political office at high levels, the Illuminati, the bankers, the people that have literally sold their soul to Satan to get exactly where they're at. Because there are benefits to selling out to Satan. Okay? So, these are the people that are not going to be registered or in any database. But they're the ones that literally control uh, the masses of people practicing witchcraft below them. Many of these are actually generational Luciferians. They're bloodline. They're, they're actually born into it, and it's through the bloodline that they carry these things on. And they're very secretive, and you're never even, you know, it could be somebody living next door a prom in, in a prominent position, and you would never know it unless God showed you or, or revealed it to you. They want to keep that concealed because their deeds they they want to um, they don't want to be exposed. They don't want this evil to be exposed or known about. They want to have this veneer that they're good people, which serves them much better. So. The witch school believes that America is on the brink of awakening and discovering its inner magic. And this is the changing belief systems, and this is changing belief systems around the world as well. The reason it would be changing belief systems around the world is because you have to understand, they're practicing mass witchcraft on a global scale. When you practice mass witchcraft on a global scale, if there's not a lot of Christian prayer or fasting or things of this nature, going up to battle it, yeah, God could come along and wipe them all out, sure. Be no problem, but that's not the way he typically operates in Scripture. And because true born-again Bible-believing Christians, many of them are aware of this type of information, there's no real prayer going up to battle this stuff, to counteract the evil, because most Wiccans... Most people involved in the occult, um, high-level particular, take their religious system much more seriously than the average Christian. Now, they're also in a position where they really don't have a choice. Because once they get in, so far, it's like being in the mafia. You just you can't get out. You are um, demon-infested and controlled and... To a certain extent, from what I've read, they can almost, these demons at, at certain levels can almost read thought patterns or know what your intentions might actually be if you're that demon infested. And in order for them to try to break free, it's, it would literally take a divine, miraculous uh, intervention, which is something that we should pray for. Um, I, I don't desire to see any of them go to hell. And... and, and but the, the fact remains is that without God's intervention, they're most likely not going to break free. They're, they're, um, their minds have been darkened. Many, many times they've been turned over a reprobate mind. Their consciences have been seared with a hot iron. That they don't, they don't have that. And what's very common also with the ceremonies that they do, 
as demon infested as they may be, typically many times what's usually involved is drugs, mind altering in particular, in order to lower their inhibition levels even more so that they're capable of doing even more heinous, horrific things than they would have been capable of without the mind-altering drugs. And what the drugs do is open up pathways. I mean, people doing LSD, they're seeing little green men. They really are seeing little green men. They are literally seeing into the spirit world. To a certain extent, what it's doing is opening up their third eye so that they can actually see into that realm that normally you shouldn't be able to see into. So, when you take the mind-altering drugs, it's a really good way to get demon-infested without probably knowing what you're doing. So, going further, uh, let's see here. Let me just read that last line again. Which school believes that America is on the brink of awakening and, and discovering its inner magic? And this is changing belief systems around the world as well. How this change occurs depends on what people believe, and more importantly, what they are looking at. More and more people than ever are looking at paganism and Wicca. Pagans have a different vision of everyday life where magic can occur in the workplace alongside science and technology, among friends and co-workers, filling all those different places with a sense of awe and wonder. See, they're trying to present themselves with this wonderful little Disney-like veneer. Almost, you know, Twinkle Bell or whatever over here with a little pixie stick, you know, conjuring little spirits and imps and elves to do your bidding. It's lies and garbage. It's pure satanic bondage. But obviously, Satan's not going to want you to be aware of any of that. If pagans are correct in their thinking, then they have a conduit to a whole other dimension that is outside of and yet part of their already rich existence. That's true, actually. They have a conduit to a whole other dimension that is outside of yet part of their already rich existence. What does that mean? That means that there is a dimension alongside us that is here with us 24-7 that we can't see, unless you've had your third eye open, which is not a good thing, that sometimes God gave glimpses in the Bible, certain people glimpses into that, where they could see it for a moment, but it wasn't something they went around and saw 24-7. There are certain holy glimpses is what I'm talking about, but not something that, that I think, uh, I don't see any Bible for somebody being able to go around and literally see in the spirit world 24-7. What they're talking about, or this other dimension that... that exists with us and alongside us, is the dimension of evil, and demons, and devils, and fallen angels. And through various things that they do, and many times fasting is involved on their end uh, as well, and many times spells and incantations and various things that they do, that's what they're tapping into. That's the conduit into the this whole other dimension that they're talking about. And the power is very real. But God, so much so, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ created the universe. So, you know, the Bible says, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Philippians 4.13 Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, and those are in Isaiah. But, um, so it's not something that should intimidate a Christian at all. 
but it is something that's good to be aware of because this is definitely part of Satan's devices. And if we're not aware of them, lest he get an advantage of us. So, going further, it says, uh, and then ends by saying, they have a deep awareness of how much freedom individuals can truly have. What a lie from the pit of hell. People that are doing this are every day that they stay a witch, they're becoming more and more and more in bondage. There's no freedom in this. Freedom what? To oppose your will on somebody by casting a spell on them? Oh, that's really, that's, that turns out great for the person you're putting the spell on. But that doesn't matter, because it's a totally self-centered religion. That's the essence of witchcraft. That's the essence of, if you, you know, Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. Do what thou will shall be the whole of the law, as Aleister Crowley said. Whatever you, if it feels good, do it. That's how the, that's where that phrase came from in the 60s. Aleister Crowley, reputed, reputed to be the most wickedest man that ever lived in his time frame. The self-proclaimed, self-stylized beast, 666 man. So, I've done many teachings on this particular subject, and the one that's most pertinent was the one I did entitled Witchcraft, the Emerging One World Religion. Because witchcraft is going to be the backbone of the coming one world religion. It's going to be amalgamation of all religions. Hinduism, Buddhism, all your isms. Okay, They're going to be free to a certain extent to practice and become amalgamated into the coming one world religion. But the essence, the backbone, the literal foundation of that coming one world religion, of Antichrist and false prophet, is going to be witchcraft. And it's going to be the very thing that the Antichrist and false prophet tap into in order to deceive the whole world, as the Bible talks about. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So that's why we have to stay on guard about this stuff. How are they going to do it? Through lying signs and wonders and miracles. That's what the Bible's very clear on. That's why Jesus Christ said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Signs are not something we should be going around. I'm not saying God can't give you a sign. But if the sign is the thing that motivates you and you're after and you're looking for, and that sign, particularly if it counter, counteracts or contradicts the word of God, it's not. the devil can produce a sign all day long. So you've got to be real careful about seeking after signs. You want to just base everything off the word of God. That's what you want to look to. In the English-speaking language, the King James Bible, that is what you want your foundation, your bedrock to be. Because if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Those are the things you, you have to really key in on. And if you're following anyone or any particular ministry, and they're saying things that are contradictory to the word of God, I don't need to see anything more from a particular ministry than that to tell you to get away from it. I, I'll get emails from people and they'll be like, what about this guy? And he believes this is like totally contradictory to the Bible, or he's saying that certain parts of the Bible don't apply, or, 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 or they're... Um, wrong, or, or they're corrupted, and these types of things. I'm like, that's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. You know, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and then maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departed from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. And people, they, they get into these ministries, and it's like, well, yeah, that seems right, but if it contradicts the word of God, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, 
but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. So these are not things that, that you know, if, if you're getting a lot of opinions and, and things that are uh, particularly contrary to the Bible, get away from it. That's all you need to know. The other teaching I've done, and I, I, I list all these here, the deceptive allure of witchcraft, new age, and near-death experiences. I guess, what's his name? Uh, George Norrie, devil boy, uh, just put out a new book on, on the new uh, near-death experiences and stuff. And I mean, that, that guy, <laughs> I'm not saying there's not truth you can't glean, but I've never seen anybody interview more high-age or, or high-level um, either New Agers or occultists than that guy. I mean, he will not ultimately point you to the truth, George Norrie. And it's not going to happen. I refuse to even be interviewed. I, I have had opportunities um, in the past, and, and I never pursued them. Never. Because, I mean, you know, the, the stuff that's prese presented on that show typically is a, a New Age... Uh, doctrine, New Age gospel, you know, it's it's bad stuff. And the near-death experiences are one of the main ways people are being deceived, and that's what this particular teaching is about. And, um, at least in part, I give you the link here. Uh, next one is witchcraft practices biblically exposed and defined. And, uh, then, um, biblically exposing and fighting New Age witchcraft. So these are some studies that you can click on if you're interested in learning more information because there's no way I can go into depth on all of these things that we're going to be covering today. But I have covered it in the past. So the next article, Black Magic Widespread in the Middle East. Belief in witchcraft spells and the occult and protective charms run deep despite religious and governmental bans against using magic. When Tara Omar was a young bride in her first marriage, she and her Moroccan husband took the youngest sister of a family into their home. On the day the young Moroccan woman arrived, she gave Omar a doll, which Omar promptly placed in a dresser drawer. Now, again, I'm trying to do this teaching uh, regarding this. Always my motivation is, is trying to, um, so that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Because a lot of people have brought cursed objects into their house and they don't even know it. And that could be throwing a gigantic monkey wrench into your spiritual life, at bare minimum. This is a great example of that. So she gave Omar a doll, which Omar, now this is Tara Omar, and we're just using her last name here, uh, which Omar promptly placed in a dresser drawer. When Omar told a friend of the doll, the friend suspected it was an item for black magic and suggested the doll be destroyed. Instead, Omar tossed it in the garbage. That's when the household items disappeared and the family... Uh, dog barked incessantly. Omar started fighting with her husband and she began seeing strange insects in the house. When the, when the guests finally moved out, the couple found their bed sheets, I guess their bed sheets had been stolen, and an identical doll to Omar's among the woman's discarded belongings. So, in this case, the, the doll, which almost, you, you think, of, well, you've heard of voodoo dolls, right? Well, that, that's based on fact, not fiction, fact. And this is similar to something like that. 
I don't know whether the woman saw the doll that was tossed in the garbage and then she started really ramping up her witchcraft. It really doesn't say here. The best thing to always do with these items, if, it, if it's something breakable, break it. And then even better, burn it if you can. At bare minimum, break it and get it out of your house. Or with a doll like this, you'd really want to try to burn it if you could. Uh, that's what they did in Acts. When all those uh, people that were in, involved in witchcraft were saved in the book of Acts, it said they brought their books of curious arts, this is the black arts, the dark arts, together and burned them. Okay, That was the first thing they did after they got saved. <laughs> it was a big deal. They realized the books were most likely cursed, and the first thing they instinctively knew to do was to get rid of any cursed objects. That's a great example for us. So, going further, the message to Omar was clear. The woman she invited into her home sought to destroy her happiness through black magic. Omar is since remarried to a Saudi and now lives in Riyadh. She runs the popular blog, Future Husbands and Wives of Saudis, a help website for non-Saudis marrying Saudis. As a quasi-marriage counselor for brides and grooms nervously entering Saudi society, Omar dispenses religious and practical advice to help ease the cultural shock. Now, remember, this is written from a secular standpoint. This isn't a Christian source. And Omar, I'm pretty sure, is Muslim. So, she's dispensing her own view, version of religious and practical advice to help ease cultural shock. I'm not endorsing this, in other words. Um, that includes providing insight to the real world concerns of black magic and the evil eye. Omar says, the truth is, all magic is harem, meaning prohibited and only leads to bad ends. Now that's from a Muslim Islamic standpoint. She's saying, all magic is harem and prohibited in Islam, and only leads to bad ends. The thing I find so ironic about that is that Islam is nothing more than a duff cult to the moon god, Allah. Islam is witchcraft. All those prayers they do every day to Mecca and all that other garbage they go through and all that other rigmarole to look, make themselves look so religious or whatever, every time they do that, that is witchcraft. Every time a Catholic goes to a Catholic church and goes through all that garbage that they go through and that white, basically white witchcraft, pseudo-death, pseudo-Christian death cult they're in, that's just another form of paganism and witchcraft. So it's ironic when I find, yes, it's a little more overt, okay, let's say black magic and the evil eye, okay, yeah, it's more overt, it's more out in the open than some pseudo-veneer religion like Islam or Catholicism. But I don't think it's any less grievous in God's eyes. Belief in black magic runs deep in Saudi society. The issue was raised last month when the quasi-legislative body, Shahura Council, granted permission for Moroccan women to work as maids in Saudi households. Hundreds of Saudi women complained to the council that granting Moroccan maids permission to work was tantamount to allowing the use of black magic in their homes to steal their husbands. Saudi wives complained the issue was not lacking trust in their husbands, but the, the men were powerless to ward off spells. What a bunch of garbage. I mean, that, that just goes to show you how powerless their religion is. Islam. It's powerless. I mean, I, that would be the last thing I would think if, regarding Christianity. 
you know. Now, granted, you wouldn't want to let a witchcraft practitioner in your house as a Christian. That would be a dumb move because you're literally opening the door for that. You're literally granting Satan. But their religion is powerless. While greedy, greeted with skepticism in Western society, Saudis would no more question the existence of black magic than they would Islam. In April of this year, members of the Saudi Commission of the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice... Well, what, what a... Man, what a name. It's the Saudi Commission for the Promotion of Virtue and the Prevention of Vice. Underwent special training in the Eastern Province to investigate black magic crimes. Now understand, the underpinnings of this promotion of virtue, prevention of vice is, is Islam. Okay, the, Probably the most hypocritical, lie-filled, one of the most evil religions on the planet. I've done many, many studies on this. A religion totally and wholly dedicated to the moon god, Allah. It's not the god of the Bible. It's the moon god, Allah. It's been easily provable that that's the case. Cast, but they, they love to take on this thing like, well, we're against this, and we're, and we're for this, and, and they have some, uh, in some aspects of it, they have some morality they like to to point to, to say how wonderful we are, and how much better we are, and because we don't allow this, we're better than the heathen around us, when they themselves are heathen, when they themselves allow all manner of evil in that religion. I mean, you could go on and on and on, exposing Islam, for the hypocrisy alone. Going further, it says, while greeted with skepticism in Western society, Saudis would no more question, okay, we already read that, sorry, um, Casting spells is particularly common in Oman, Sudan, Yemen, Morocco, and Indonesia. Turkey is a secular Muslim country, but protection against the evil eye is deeply rooted in virtually all aspects of daily life. I mean, talk about being superstitious. you know. But I mean, if you're in a cult, it's basically like being in a Wiccan and saying, okay, well... I know all this black magic stuff's real as a Wiccan, okay? And so I've got to do my proper spell casting, or I have to do whatever I need to do to my particular deity in order to grant, grant myself or, and or my family protection. It's a very similar dynamic. If they're, if they're Islamic, they're already in a cult to the moon god Allah, so that's who they have to go to for protection from other devils and demons and evil entities that are summoned through overt black magic. That's how they're looking at it. Which, I mean, I can understand, I guess, why they would look at it that way. You know, I'm not saying it's right, but it's the only thing they've ever known, most likely. Tools of witchcraft include lizards. Lizards, I mean, hey. Well... It's always worked for me. I mean, come on. Lizards? Lizards, dead birds... Photographs, hair, thread, dirt, blood, and red ink. Hiding places to place spells may be in bedrooms or under beds. Written spells generally contain the intended victim's name and one or two words to state the intention to do harm. Okay, this is how they practice their religion. In 2007, the religious police 
in Yanubi, Saudi Arabia, removed 23 black magic tokens, including knives and written spells on papers, from two graves in a cemetery. Black magic artists placed the tokens at the heads and feet of the corpses. Now, you're pretty serious if you're, you know, opening up uh, coffins and stuff and putting stuff with the corpses. I mean, that's, you're pretty serious. A man named Hawazan Muhammad told the media line that she had difficulty finding a job, oh, I'm sorry, she, uh, and failed many interviews, and she hated the job she did find. She broke up with her fiancé and couldn't find a husband. She said, quote, My sister told me to read Surah al-Bagadara, or Bakara, to protect me against any spells. She says, After 14 days, my father found a spell written on paper and in blood with my name on it under the roof of our water tank. Okay, now what does that mean? Okay, her sister told her to read the surah, this Islamic surah. Okay, like we have books and chapters in the Bible. Well, in Islam and in the Quran, they have surahs. Okay. She was told to read this particular surah to protect her against spells. Now, 14 days later, and she's looking at it like, because I did this, my father found a spell written on paper and in blood with my name on it, on the roof, under our water tank. So, for her, that verifies and validates that Islam, for her, is the true religion because it protected her from this particular spell. And they were able to go to the source of it and evidently eliminate it. Devil loves that stuff. You know, I mean, he's, he wants that type of reinforcement for people because that one thing happening to her, she is probably so much now bought in hook, line, and sinker that Islam is the only true religion, that she would never, ever have a possibility of being converted and getting saved. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm saying once she sees something like that happen, there's a much lower likelihood that she's not going to be sold out to Islam for the rest of her life. That's how the devil operates. Muhammad says she had Indonesian maids at the time, but notes that anybody could have left the spell. Uh, Sheikh Abdu Phillips an Islamic scholar based in Qatar and the author of The Exorcist, Exorcist Tradition in Islam told the media line that Muslims must not fight witchcraft with their own magic, but refer to the Quran. Well, their own magic, Quran, what does it really matter? It's all witchcraft. Every bit of it. They're summoning their deity, their demon, their devil, their fallen angel, whatever, they, whatever they're relying on to do their bidding. And in Islam, you're, you're trying to summon whatever devils, demons, evil entities go along with the Islamic uh, religion. It's just one sect of rich, witchcraft against another. One has a little more, for a lot of people, palatable veneer on it. Islam. Um, so, going further... There are a number of Quranic texts that the Prophet said should be read with reflection as a means of removing or reducing the effects of black magic. Again, going relying on one form of black magic, essentially, to counteract another black magic. It's nothing more than what the white and black witches do to one another if they get in a battle. Then he goes on to say, eating ajua dates from Madinah is also a means of protection. Now, that's always worked for me. Those Majua dates, I can't get enough of them. You know, I, I eat them by the gross. They're, they're, they're wonderful. And they, they protect me from, you know, all the black magic. 
Can you believe this? Eating a Jew dates from Madonna, from Madonna, whatever that is, someplace. Again, steeped in witchcraft is steeped in this type of stuff, in in superstition, in just all this rigmarole you got to go through. I just praise the Lord Jesus Christ for His grace, His mercy, His liberation. Uh, for his people regarding all this stuff. We don't have to jump through any of these hoops. We go straight to the source. We go straight to the creator. Seated at, ever, you know, ever seated at the right hand of God, ever making intercession for the saints, boldly coming before the throne of grace to make our petitions and requests known. You know, through the Lord Jesus Christ. So they don't have that though. You know, and and, and I, I, you know, I pray to God they get saved. I really do. But they don't have that option. He goes on to say, he notes there's a tendency to fight magic with magic, but it's prohibited. People should avoid charms, amulets, and other things that people have proffered, which has become something of a business in the Muslim world. Ah, now we get down into the trinkets and the idols and all the things that are sold. The love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, the Catholics went so far as to remove the commandment that had to do with uh, bowing thyself down to idols and splitting, I believe it was the tenth or ninth commandment into two, so that they could keep their idol business up, because they make millions and millions and millions every year making statues of Mary and James and whoever other, you know, the patron saint of athlete's foot, or whatever the, the new uh, flavor of the... I mean, they got patron saints for everything there in the Catholic religion, so they had to remove that commandment. I'm not making this stuff up. They really did. I've done whole study on that. Just go on the, if you don't believe me, just King Catholicism in the, uh, well, you're not going to find it that quick on my website though, but just do, just do a keyword search, you know, Catholics removed, you know, commandment, that's like the second commandment and um, you'll find it. It's in there. It's what they did. They had to in order to, you know, practice idolatry the way they do. So going further, Phillips acknowledges that Moroccans have an international reputation among Muslims for practicing witchcraft, but cautions against overemphasizing Moroccans as master artists of voodoo. Historically, they, the Moroccans, are the most noted for it, but they are not much different than most in the Muslim world. Chechnya and Bosnia probably engage in it even more. That was a quote from that guy. See, like I, like I said, witchcraft already is the backbone of a lot of people's religious beliefs. It already is. It's not going to be a big leap or a big step for most people to embrace the coming false prophet and antichrist who will literally, you know, they're going to be the highest level witchcraft practitioners we've ever known. You talk about lying signs and wonders. Well, that by itself is going to make people fall hook, line, and sinker. And if they're already practicing witchcraft, if they're already in some type of pseudo-religious cult, that has witchcraft as its, uh, they're, they're worshipping some devil or demon, <laughs> they're already, you know, 95% there, pretty much. Going further, uh, he also says, fortune-telling is not just a sleight-of-hand tricks, it involves the spirit. Yeah, he's right about that, an evil spirit. Says Phillips, as evil, it's the same as black magic. He's saying fortune-telling is the same as black magic. Well, that's true. It is true. They're communing with a familiar spirit, some devil demon that they're communing with, the fortune teller. 
And that's how they're gaining their information. Many, many times it's not even accurate, though. Uh, Shahara prescribes the same punishment for both. I just love the hypocrisy. You know, oh, the Islamic, we don't practice witchcraft. No, 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 no. We're so much better, and we, we, we prohibit it. In fact, it's punishable by death, even though the whole cult is based in witchcraft, and evil, and lies, and hate. Omar points to ignorance and absence of a strong foundations in the teaching of Islam. That's why we have this big problem with witchcraft, because of, of the absence of a strong foundation in the teachings of Islam. The worshipping of the moon god Allah. But she says that's what leads some Muslims to practice magic in the evil eye. Devil don't care. He's got them both. He's got both camps. They're both going to hell. That's all he cares about. And he wants to just keep the wool pulled over their eyes so they'll never understand it's the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can liberate them and deliver them from this evil. It's really pathetically sad. Uh, I give you the two teachings that I've, well, I've done so many on Islam, but I've incorporated that into a lot of the current event studies. But the, I've done a couple dedicated teachings called the Double Face of Islam and Islamic Muslim Religion Hypocrisy Exposed. Uh, moving right along, next article is entitled, What Real, Real Witches Do During Halloween and Beyond? Okay. All Hallows' Eve is more than candy and playtime for some members of society. Halloween comes and goes for most of us, but for members of Wicca, remember we just talked about them, one of the fastest growing religions in the world, the season of Samhain is a magic time. Now, the word is actually spelled out S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's actually pronounced from a pagan vernacular, Samhain. Anyway, the Halloween Sabbat, or celebration, concludes for Wiccans on November 1st with the final turn of the year wheel. It's kind of like Wheel of Fortune, you know, where they have the bankrupt and the two and $300 things. It's kind of like that. Anyway, Mother Earth nods a sad farewell to the God who will be reborn at Yule, December 20th. You know, Yuletide songs and all that Xmasy fun, fun stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about that too. But Mother Earth nods a sad farewell to the God who will be reborn at Yule, in, the, in this case, Tammuz, the uh, sun god. Not the son of God, but the sun god. And this is a, a big reason why Christmas was able to transition into that so easily, that season, because it just they replaced it with, oh, it's the birth of the son of God, Jesus. No, it was always the birth of the sun god, Tammuz. And the Catholic Church just came in and Christianized it with a syrupy sweet veneer and said, no, no, this is when Jesus Christ was born. It never was the case. But anyway, again, I've done a whole teaching on uh, Christmas that I've done. I give you the link to that in here. And um, we get into all the particulars of that. This is a time to honor Mother Earth. Remember the ancients and revere the horn god of the hunt. Oh, the good old horn god of the hunt. The stag god. Yeah, that's what they're remembering. According to Celtic, the Celtic Almanac, the Wiccan year begins following Halloween. Literally, it's their new year. Halloween. 
The seasonal scenario that follows is reminiscent of the earth goddess and god cults of the ancient civilizations. Yule is on December 20th and celebrates the goddess giving birth to the sun god, Tammuz. Saturnalia, now on December 25th, was the Roman pagan holiday marking the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice. Okay? And Yule and Saturnalia are, are integrally related on that end. Okay? It, was the name, it was also named after the Roman sun god Saturn. The actual talisman of Saturn has a pentagram on one side and a hexagram on the other. Saturn, the sixth planet from the sun, Saturn, just rearrange a couple letters there and you've pretty much got Satan. Hmm. Six letters in the name Saturn. Hmm. Amazing. Anyway, it was named after the Roman god Saturn, Saturnalia, in his aspect of the only god of seed and planting. He also is the god of miracle growth, that stuff they sell on TV. Anyway, sorry. It was originally celebrated on December 17th, but, the, but by the late of the late Republic, it was celebrated um, from December 17th to December 23rd. The Emperor Augustus tried to limit the time of celebration to three days. But it was expanded to five um, under the Emperor Caligula. Well, I mean, a fun guy Caligula was, you know. Anyway, um, in the Roman calendar, the Saturnalia was designated as a holy day. Or a holiday. This is where we get the word holiday from. It's a holy day to the pagans. On which religious rites were performed. Saturnalia was a day on which religious rites were performed. The temple of Saturn, the oldest temple in Rome, has been dedicated on the Saturnalia. And the wooden woolen bonds which fettered the feet of the ivory cult statue within her were loosed on that day to symbolize the liberation of the god. I mean, this doesn't sound too paganistic to you, does it? This is what we celebrate as Christmas every year. This is, this is how it started out. Well, yeah, but, but we, need to, we need to put the Christ back in Christmas. Dude, it was never in Christmas. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? How do you put Christ into something that Christ never had a part of or never had anything to do or condemned in the word of God. Why would Christ want anything to do with this? Other than exposing it and condemning it. It was also a festival day. After sacrifice at the temple. I wonder what they were sacrificing at the temple. Uh, who knows? Probably some humans, animals. Who knows? But after sacrifice at the temple on Saturnalia, there was a public banquet, which Livy, I guess some person from that time frame, says was introduced in 217 BC. Afterwards, the celebrants shouted, Lo Saturnalia, at a riotous feast in the temple. And the Bible prohibits, you know, riotous feasts, drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness, all that stuff that the Bible prohibits. The Saturnalia was the most popular holiday of the Roman year. Just like it is now. Because it hasn't changed a bit. just has a little different veneer on it now. It has that pseudo-Christian veneer on it now. Pseudo meaning false. But it's the most popular holiday of the year. We can't argue that about Christmas, right? I always like Groundhog Day, though. Groundhog Day is hard to beat. I mean, come on. He's cute, he's furry, he's Buxatani Phil. 
That's actually an occult holiday too. Anyway, but it really is. But um, yeah, it is. Taylor doesn't want it to be. But um, anyway, Catalysts described it as the best of days. Quote, the best of days. And Seneca complains that, quote, the whole mob has let itself go to pleasures. Cross-dressing, parties, masquerades, and merriment of all kinds prevailed. Cross-dressing? Yeah, they did all kind of debauchery on Saturnalia. I've, I've even read where, um, how to put this nicely, sexual relations with little children were, were permitted during that time. It, it, was, it was the most sick, one of the most sick uh, pagan holy days that there was. Pretty much all the inhibitions, all, all, anything went on Saturnalia. The Catholic Church in the 4th century assigned December 25th as Christ's birthday, and hence Christmas, because pagans already observed this day as a holiday. In this way, the problem of eliminating an already popular holiday would be sidestepped, thus making Christianizing of the population easier. No, it was Catholicizing. Oh, that's not really a word, but that's what they were trying to do. Catholics, bringing paganism and pseudo-Christianity together. A match made in hell. That's what they did. That's what they've been doing. That's what they continue to do. All under this veneer of, of holiness while they have their nice pedophile priesthood. And they're taking all these people to hell through their works-based pseudo-Christian religions. What an abomination in the sight of God. Let me read that last line again. The Catholic Church in the 4th century assigned December 25th as Christ's birthday, hence Christmas, because pagans already observed this day as a holiday. In this way, the problem of eliminating an already popular holiday would be sidestepped, thus making the Christianizing of the population easier. Really, the paganizing, the Catholicizing of the population easier. And almost... It is almost certain that the actual birth date of Christ was not midwinter, since the Gospels speak of shepherds tending their flocks, not something done in the cold of central Judea. And that's just one of the reasons that it's not, can't be the birth date of Christ. I give you a link here to my teaching entitled Xmas, the biggest pagan holiday, holy day of the year. Now, going further with these holidays that they celebrate, we're going to go off Saturnalia now, or Christmas, and we're going to go to the next one. The next season is in bulk, and marks the recovery of the goddess after giving birth to the god. I mean, she's got to recover. I mean, come on. It's hard to give birth. I hope she's on like some kind of good prenatal or postnatal vitamin. Anyway, then there's the spring equinox, also known as Ostara, which marks the first day of spring. Hmm. The goddess awakes as the days grow longer and the light overtakes the darkness. The goddess earth fills with fertility. Hmm. Ostara. Did you know that actually how we have to determine Easter every year is through astrology? It's never the same day. If it was the day that uh, Christ rose from the dead, wouldn't it be on the same day? Wouldn't it like be the same day, like a birthday kind of thing? No, no, it's never the same day. It can vary almost a month. That by itself should show you that there's something majorly wrong with Ishtar. Oh, I mean Easter, sorry. 
It's the goddess Ishtar, which is where we derive the word Easter from. <laughs> Silly me. Anyway, Easter. This is an excerpt from an article said, you probably know this woman, from January, February 2007. This is by David W. Daniels. She was the goddess, and I'm getting to something here with Ostara and Easter. Okay, I'm getting to a point I'm trying to make. She was the goddess of the moon and the morning-evening star, Venus. People who spoke different languages called her by other names. Some, Hecate. Some, Astarte. Some, Aphrodite. Some, Venus. Isis. Semiramis. And Ishtar, which is the, uh, the fertility goddess from which where we derive the word Easter. Okay, I've already said that. No, Easter is the first Sunday after the first new moon of another pagan holiday known as Ostara, which is either on March 21st or 22nd. So see, Easter is the first Sunday after the first new moon of Ostara. That's how they determine it. It's totally pagan to the core. Always been pagan. Never had nothing to do. With Jesus Christ. Never. Nothing to do with it. Oh, don't tell that to the modern day 501c3 church having their Ishtar sunrise services. Yeah, there's another place they did that in the Bible in Ezekiel. Where God takes them into the temple. He says, I'll even show you a greater abomination than this. And it said all these guys were in the temple. And they were facing the sun, worshipping it as it came up. Those Easter sunrise services are about as pagan of a possible thing as you could ever get yourself into. And don't think if you go to them and know better that you know you're 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 better and, and you won't be affected by it because you don't know what's happening to you on a spiritual level when you give in to paganism or when you participate in it. <laughs> Ishtar sunrise services are about as pagan of a thing as you could possibly do. It's like trying to slap God in the face. I think celebrating any of these, these holidays is like doing that. Whether it's Ishtar, Ishtar Sunrise Services, Saturnalia, whatever. I mean, what I really love is when the Christians have the full, full-on Halloween things out in front of the uh, in front of their front lawn. I love that. You know, they got the witches and the pumpkins and all the cobwebs put up. Oh, we're blessed God. We're born again Baptists. Got some of them was living right across the street from me. Just can't get enough of it. Put a track in their mailbox the other day on, on uh, the, how Halloween is so satanic. I forgot to see if they take, I seriously doubt they're going to take anything down. But well, am, I, am I therefore become their enemy because I tell them the truth? Well, when people, you know, email me all the time. I've lost all my friends. <laughs> Sorry. Once you get into this level of, of truth, and I'm not saying I'm the dispenser of all knowledge by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, once you get into this and you start, it's like a, uh, it's a whole other realm. It's not popular. You know, it's just not. It, it causes division. But it's better to be united in truth then, you know, you want to be united in truth. You don't want to be that, let, let air unite you. I don't want to be united in air. Well, that's the way it mostly goes in, in a lot of the uh, 501c3 um, people that call themselves Christians, particularly in America. 
They're united in air. I'm not saying every aspect of what's going on in the church is united in air, but a lot of it is. And this is a main one here. <laughs> I mean, Halloween, they just wink at that. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have our... What do they do now? They, they have all these things where they kind of... They want to make sure they're, they're, they're offering an avenue. And with they put they, they sugarcoat it with some kind of Christian veneer. We're gonna we're gonna have some lock in or something where we're gonna bring in people and and give them candy and you're gonna get the same stuff you get in, on on Halloween. You're just not gonna have to go out and trick or treat. You're gonna come to our church. It's a way. It's a recruiting tool, tool really. And they're doing that to try to appease the masses. They're doing it to try to increase church attendance and church growth. And they do the same thing with with um, Xmas. They do the same thing with Ishtar. And it's pure paganism. It's an abomination in the sight of God. We should be exposing it. We should be reproving the unfruitful works of darkness and having no fellowship with them. We should be making them manifest, as the Bible says to do. But most churches just embrace it and go along with it and amalgamate it into their system. This is witchcraft. These are high holy days for pagans. And Christians are are going and celebrating on the same days as pagans. And Satan's loving every bit of it. So let's go further. The goddess of Stara, a.k.a. Ishtar, for whom Easter is named, Ostara, also, as well as Easter, is one of the Illuminati's human nights of sacrifice. So see, on the night that everybody's thinking that, oh, we're, we're celebrating, you know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, humans are being sacrificed around the world. Just like tomorrow night, or at, that's why I wanted to release this teaching on the 30th. I'll get it up tonight. And hopefully some people listen to it. I mean, to pray, literally prior to these holidays, for Satan to not be able to sacrifice the little children, the men, the women, the animals that are on the slate to be sacrificed. These are sacrifices that they've already had in holding pens, literally, for these dates. They get kidnapped prior to these things. And there's a whole, you know, 800,000 people go missing in, in the United States every year. 800,000. Well, no, that couldn't be because Casey Anthony was on... They would do the same thing for her as they would do for anyone else. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's whole hordes of homeless people that once they're off the radar, they're they're as good as whatever. They're like... um, Nobody even... I'm not going to say nobody cares, but these are people that once they go off the radar, that's it. They're just gone. 800,000 people! I'm talking what they've admitted to in their own statistics. The people that go missing in New York City every year, I mean, it's unbelievable, the amount. But people think just because one little kid goes missing and the whole United States is making a gigantic fuss about it, that that same dynamic is going on for the other 800,000 that go missing every year. I've heard of whole homeless camps where, like, some homeless people, like, went to bed at night and they get up in the morning and, like, half the camp's gone. I don't know what's going on there. I know there's a lot of very, very high-level wicked stuff that goes on underground in this country. In the dumbs, they're called dumbs, deep underground military bases. A lot of evil, evil, evil stuff. 
that you may want to pray about. This is stuff that, unless prayer is going up about it, and fasting, that, and, and most people don't even know to do that, that there's people being sacrificed and slaughtered, and not just killed, but I'm talking traumatized and terrorized to the maximum amount prior to them being killed. Because they literally feed and vampirize off the energy of fear and in agony and pain. That's what really goes on. This is how the high-level occultists celebrate these wonderful little scum holidays straight from the pit of hell that most Christians, that call themselves Christians, don't think two things about it, go, go and, and will literally celebrate it in their church. While people and animals are being sacrificed in mass around the globe. That's the cold, hard reality. That's how they practice their religion. And all that witchcraft is accomplishing certain things as well. It's not just like they're doing it and there's nothing evil being accomplished as a byproduct. Spells have outcomes. So there's a lot of... Um, they'll, do, they'll literally put collective curses over whole... Uh, swaths of, of cities and things of this nature and, and, and um, against um, Christians in those areas and, and, and curses to literally blind the eyes of the Christians and, and to make them more apathetic. And, and this is how they operate. So going further, this um, this person they were in reference to here, Ishtar, Semiramis, Hakati, known by many, many names. She's also known as the Roman Catholic Virgin Mary goddess. Her son has had many names as well. Some of them are Horus, Hippocrates, Harpocrates, Mithras, Solinviticus, Hercules, Attis, and Tammuz. Now, the Catholics would call him baby Jesus. I'm telling you, it's literally, they have just swapped paganism for a pseudo-Christian veneer. The Mary of the Bible has nothing to do with the Mary of the Catholic Church. Holy Mary, Mother of God, you know, they, they, they literally consider her the co-redemptrix now. The co-redemptrix, meaning you have to get saved through Mary to get to Jesus. In the Baltimore Catechism, they portray Jesus as this angry um, God up in the sky, and only Mary can appease her son. So you have to go through Mary. That's why they emphasize Mary so much in the Catholic cult. So, what do these God babies have in common? The God babies we just referenced, Horus, Mithra, Solomiticus, Tammuz, Attis, the baby Jesus of the Catholic Church, not the Jesus of the Bible, who they say is, okay? What do these God babies have in common? Well, for one, they were all born on December 25th, which is where we derive the pagan celebration of Christmas from, which was originally known as the Romans as Saturnalia. A little bit of this is rehashing. Um, one of the Illuminati's human nights of sacrifice, and Yule is heavily tied into this, Saturnalia and Yule, which Yule being around December 21st, 22nd. When the sun begins its northward, northward trek in the sky and the days begin to grow longer again. It's the winter solstice. It's the, it's, the, it's the exact time when the days 
finally start to grow longer again. Pagans celebrated the winter solstice by burning the Yule log. Now, the Yule log originally was a person. But they they incorporated, now it's the Yule log. It was originally a person. It was originally human sacrifice. They would burn alive. Okay, And again, you want to know a lot more about Halloween too? The, the, and the burning man and, and how they really celebrated that thing? I mean, which was the, the wicker man? <laughs> how they would burn people in mass? To appease, you know, Satan essentially? That's how they celebrated. That's what it's all about. That's where it originated from. It's that serious. It really is. Uh, since the sun had reversed itself and was now rising in the sky, pagans believed this was a sign that the human sacrifices carried out during Samhain or Halloween had been accepted by the gods. How asininely pride-filled the pagans believed that this was a sign because the sun was now rising again. Okay, and the days were starting to get longer again. They believed it was a sign that their human sacrifices carried out during Halloween or Samhain had been accepted by the gods. You talk about superstition. Now, I've done another teaching on Easter Ishtar paganism repackaged. I give you the link to that. Uh, Bel- let's go to, through some more holidays. Beltane, a.k.a. May Day, which was actually when the Illuminati was actually formed in 1776 by Adam Weishaupt. May 1st, 1776, Beltane, high satanic sacrifice holiday, celebrates the, the transformation of the boy god into manhood. He is filled with lust for the goddess and lies with her in the grass. The earth becomes pregnant with her vitality, crops begin to grow, flowers bloom. Much of this is based on not only fertility, but also earth. The fertility of the earth, the seasons, which God ordained, which God gave us. Not Satan. Satan's trying to act as though, oh, I'm the one that does all these things for you. I'm the reason the plants grow. No, he's not. He's a liar from the pit of hell. He's the father of lies. But this is the con job he's foisted on all these pagans for millennia. And then the next one, Litha, midsummer, I, I believe this is the summer solstice, arrives as the powers of nature escalate. The earth mother, and this is when they all go and gather at the Bohemian Grove and do their paganistic thing all over high level. Um, movers and shakers and politicians from around the world, the Bushes and Dick Cheney and, and Kissinger and Ronald Reagan and all those guys, they've all been photographed there at um, Bohemian Grove and above San Francisco, California. They, they gather to do their little pagan thing. Litha, midsummer, arrives as the powers of nature escalate. The earth mother is filled with fertility. Wiccans practice numerous kinds of magic during the season. The next season is Lugath Sadath, the time of the first harvest. The Wiccan god begins to lose his strength as the sun rises higher each day. The nights grow longer and the god begins to die. And then Mabon is the completion of the harvest. The Wiccan god suffers death, draws back into darkness, and waits to be reborn at Yule. Unbelievable. Talk about a fairy tale. 
But this is what they base their life off. This kind of garbage. And they take it very seriously. So serious that they will sacrifice humans. And babies and little children. In mass around the globe. Every time these holidays come around. And I guarantee it's only getting worse. There is a good... Um, how I learned about this originally was I watched this uh, America's Occult Holidays by Doc Marquis. I believe it's been redone. I'll give you a link here. It's called America's Occult Holidays, Secrets of the Illuminati by former Satanist Doc Marquis. And I'm not saying I agree with everything Doc Marquis gets into. Okay, I'm not saying I agree with all of his theology or anything like that. But I think this is a very good look at, if you want to know a lot of detail, and from an, from an occultic calendar standpoint, how this is all celebrated, and the way it's all set up, pretty amazing. I even give you the link, the download printable occult calendar shown in this video. Give you a link to that. And it's a great thing that you could have to know exactly if regarding preparation or, or prayer about certain things. To know what the timetable is. To know when they are going to sacrifice people. Because there's no greater way to perform a spell than to have a human sacrifice or many human sacrifices involved. There's no more powerful way to practice witchcraft. Uh, former Satanist Doc Marquis begins by demonstrating how the Illuminati affected the change in our calendar and how the change has affected a dramatic change in our everyday lives. The Illuminati copied heathen holidays from Satanism and then just gave them Christian names. You will be shocked to realize how very pagan our annual celebrations are. You will also be shocked to realize how most of the symbols used in our holidays originated within Satanism. Doc covers the following pagan holidays, most of which America uh, fervently celebrates. Number one, America's occult calendar. Uh, Doc reveals how our entire calendar is patterned after Illuminism. From January 1st through December 31st. Number two, Valentine's Day Groundhog Day. He gets into that. Uh, number three, St. Patrick's Day. Bummer, that was, that's my birthday. I hate when that happens. Anyway, St. Patrick's Day, also an occult uh, thing. Anyway, uh, then Ishtar, or Easter, and then Beltane, May 1st. And then May Day. Uh, Beltane, May 1st, May Day. And then Halloween, Samhain, and then number seven, uh, Christmas, the Yule season, with pagan holidays spread throughout the calendar year. You will have time to warn your friends and relatives of the dangers of practicing these holidays. It's nearly three hours long. Too many Christians are enthusiastically celebrating Luciferian holidays, thinking they are Christian. Once you understand how very pagan America and the rest of the Western world has become, you can see how God's judgment cannot be that far behind. Now, this is one of the most common questions I get. Well, what about Christmas? Christmas, listen, it's evil. It's pagan. Don't celebrate it. Yes, but my family would ostracize. Then let then, then be out ostracized. That's why Jesus Christ said, Think not I came to bring peace, but a sword, and a man's foes will be they of his own household. If there were ever any subject that will make you a, ha a foe of your own household, not celebrating Christmas and trying to give them the truth about Christmas is the one thing I've seen not only thing, but is probably the main thing I've seen that will get other Christians who say they're Christians turned against you. Christmas. They can handle Halloween. Uh, Easter would be another one, but Christmas is the big granddaddy. Oh, don't you dare, you know. I know how I feel on Christmas, and my heart isn't deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's not that way at all. You know. 
and you know, I do trust in my own heart, own heart, and I'm not a fool. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's like you know, they're really satanically in a trance or blinded, and Christmas is the big Mac Daddy of all holidays where that really comes to a head. So I, you know, pray fast about it, do whatever you have to, but don't celebrate it. Particularly once you know it, because then you're accountable. You know, to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, the link here is there to um, this downloadable, printable occult calendar shown in the video. Uh, and then it goes on to say, once you understand how very pagan America and the rest of the Western world has become, you can now see how God's judgment cannot be that far behind. Uh, Doc Marquis only uses the King James Bible. So, that's something to definitely think about here. Ah, uh, boy. I'm going to have to go ahead and end part one here, because there's no way I'm going to finish this topic. And we're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit, but we're going to get into another uh, part of this subject. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.